the Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to a weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbal and Mark Cranach joining you here to lead off the show as Schmitty will be joining us here in just a moment. A big recruiting weekend for Nebraska. The sky lit up red in downtown Lincoln on a Friday evening. Mark, it's uh, good to see you here on a Saturday morning. You're back from assignment out in California. And what were you cooking up last week? That's all I want to know. What were you doing out there that led to the week that we just had? Because I know you were involved somehow. I was hiking, you know, I was, I was one with nature. I was playing catch on the beach. I was doing all kinds of great things. Um, it was a lot of fun, but it's very private. I don't know if I want to get into it. You know what I was doing the week before that, though? What were you doing? Uh, predicting exactly what we're going through right now on this exact show. That's I believe what... it was on this show. I believe it. I'm not trying to, like, take a victory lap around that. Not trying to toot my own horn, but... Right? Like, there's a little bit of a horn tooting. That, see, thank you, Rick. Exactly, man. That's He was here. He remembers it from a couple weeks ago. Everybody had counted out Rayola to Nebraska. Except me. Except me. Not trying to make it all about me, but except me. Uh, you were over there thinking, oh, no, it's Kalen. Kalen's the future, right? Like, that's what you were thinking, Elijah. Meanwhile, meanwhile... Uh, That's why the, the the timing of you being on assignment last weekend is suspicious. It's, mm. it's, it's a little suspicious of you being out on assignment. What yeah. were you doing? You know, I was just... Uh, you notice how I was very nonspecific? There's some things I just can't tell you, right? I, I just, there's some things I cannot... I'm trying to get this program right, all right? I'm trying to get this Nebraska program right, and if that means i got to go incognito for a weekend... You know, to start bringing in the talent off the payroll. And that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. I think it'll make this more interesting. In all seriousness, though, when it, when it dropped, like when it dropped the fact that Rayola was now back in business, I know it was a shock because of his stature and because his family had moved. But is it really that big of a shock? I didn't really predict it, if I'm if I'm to be honest. I didn't predict that it would happen, but I definitely, you know, I wanted to make it clear that you should not rule this out, right? Like, this is, his dad is engraved on the damn stadium. His uncle's a coach on the damn staff, right? He's committed to Georgia where they already have 11,000 five-star quarterbacks. Like, it, it wasn't, it, it just was not out of the realm of possibility that he would, he by the way, he's watching Nebraska and he's seeing how much they struggle to quarterback. Average quarterback play, Nebraska's eight and four playing in a bowl. Just average. Average. Right? Not you don't even have to be Joe Montana. You don't have to be Tom Brady. Like you need to be like Zach Lee up in here. There he is. Chris Schmidt joins us now on the on the show that he started. Uh, Chris, welcome. Good to have you. Should we Guys, just interview Chris as a guest since he showed up late? No, I, I Chris as though he's a guest on his own show. That'd be kind of fun. Chris Schmidt joins the show here on a Saturday morning. You know him from Hale Varsity Radio. Schmitty, we say hello. <laughs> hey, love you all. Hey, good morning. I had to, uh, yeah, make a run for the border. So, I uh, 
I'm back. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to, good to have you. So you either had uh, Taco Bell for breakfast or you had Taco Bell last night. <laughs> I, I, the problem. I, I, yeah. I didn't. I, I'm on some, some meds because I had kind of some sinus chest crap, and uh, sometimes it disagrees with my uh, stomach. Oh, uh, okay. Um, translation, Chris just took a dump. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we, we've got some good. Uh, we've got some Wal- good Walter. Walter, it was it was a uh, harrowing moment, similar to Dumb and Dumber. You know, it's funny. It's like right before he wrote that, he wrote, "Mark, spill your guts." I think I, I, think, I think he was talking to you, and uh-huh. I think you took it literally. Hey, uh, some news! Some news this morning. Oh, and oh. saw this on on Twitter last oh. night. Maybe you've covered it already hmm. maybe you haven't what did i call the fact that rayola would flip well you, you or you, you got were, some other news no danny kayla hmm. uh put out a tweet last night oh uh where it had a shot of him at the indoor facility playing catch with his two his two buds uh like morris and and davon hall Okay, how is that breaking news? The fact that a quarterback was playing catch. He tweeted it with the hashtag GBR. GBR. And it had a red balloon. So he's I also I also sent a text out and uh, he has canceled his visit to Michigan State this weekend. That was on my mind after they picked up Childs in the portal. They got Childs from Oregon State. And immediately, Daniel Kalen to Michigan State started making less and less sense to me because Childs has what three years of eligibility left. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a young quarterback that they recruited and love <laughs> uh, at 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 uh, Oregon State, and he followed Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. So Danny Kalen will stick with Nebraska. Is is what I'm telling you. So to reset for those playing at home. That's Danny Kalen, the Bellevue West quarterback who has been in the class now for a year or so after Dylan Rayola had already announced that he was going to Georgia, not Nebraska, right? That opened the door for Kalen. He takes it. Now Rayola's back in. Kalen saying he's still in. And if you're Danny Kalen, I mean, honestly, why not? Unless you're you're thinking as Danny Kalen, I'm probably going to start as a true freshman in Power 5 football. If that's what he's truly thinking, then yeah, he probably should look elsewhere. But I don't think he's thinking that. I think I think he's thinking, you know, I, I got to improve. I got to get a little bit. And he's good. Like he's had good Power Five offers, but he does not strike me as the type of guy that walks right into a program and starts day one. I just don't think he's there yet. I think he's got more maturing to do. Uh, but then you look at somebody like Rayola. I mean, that is a little bit more like that's a dude that walks straight on Dif- campus. Different and- situation, man. It's a different oh, yeah. situation. But so if you're Kalen, you're just like, yeah, that's cool. But in, in injuries happen so often. Like, why wouldn't you? If, well, if, if, if Nebraska was your dream school anyways, and okay, now you got to compete against a five-star. That's not the first time. That's happened. Ask Amir Abdullah about that, right? Like, you got to compete against whoever. So that's good on him for keeping his commitment. And like, well, to, know, like to know, Mark said, do you think you feel as a true freshman that you can step in and start at Nebraska? or Michigan State, or whatever high-level Power 5 program you end up going off to. That is a rarity in college football. That's a rarity at Nebraska. That's a rarity at most places across the country that a true freshman can step in straight away 
and be the guy that is ready to go. So with that in mind, let me do it. I don't, and I don't want to discredit the talent of the kid because I do believe Daniel Kalen's a very, very talented kid. I think there's some refining that needs to be done. I don't know even if Michigan State had gotten Childs whether or not he would be a guy from day one that was going to be ready to start. And, and I don't want to doubt the kid. You never know until a kid shows up on campus and starts going up against that that true Power 5 Division One talent. You don't know what, what a kid's going to bring you. And I, I think Daniel Kalen versus Riola will be a, a competition as well. I, I believe that the staff is true in what they mean and that it's going to be a competition for starting jobs at Nebraska. Uh, that being said... I think Riola is further along in his own personal development should Nebraska land Riola than Daniel Kalen. With all that in mind, I would like to note here, I am saying it now on December 16th at 8.05 a.m., that I believe Dylan Riola and Daniel Kalen as a combo is bigger for Nebraska than a Dylan Riola and Kyle McCord. I'm going to throw that there now because of the long-term five years that that would probably mm. take care of your quarterback room. I think that is a bigger deal for Nebraska than a potential Kyle McCord transfer two, portal coup. You have two freshmen versus your your bridge guy and then your freshman. You've got one that is good enough to go win a starting job. He is further along tools-wise as a freshman, okay? And he's one of those few freshmen that can come in and do the job and is physically gifted. And then you've got Kalen that is super talented. You've seen that throughout his high school career that's going to take a little more seasoning, but at least you have him here, which is great. You can uh, let him compete and then let him develop. Uh, and that's the name of the game. Uh, Mark, your, <laughs> your, your title this morning for our friends what? Uh, is Mark called the flip, called the Riola flip. That's It's uh-huh. not – Traveling journalist, it's not weekend journalist, it's not Omaha-based journalist. It is Mark called the Riola Flip. That's what he has in his title. Brandon Vogel is called I don't type that stuff in. I don't type that stuff in. That's what the producers give us. You know, I'm just... Okay. Let me meet the producers sometime. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Brandon Vogel's with us from CounterRead, counterread.com, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. It's where you find him. And uh, we have all sorts of recruiting and Riola and volleyball things to talk with Vogues. Vogues, how are we doing this morning? Thanks for jumping on with us. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. How about the week for you as you've observed Nebraska football, the twists, the turns, quarterback drama, the news this morning, or the uh, the, the, the feel that you're going to be able to keep Kalen in the boat, the looming uh Nebraska fans hope announcement by Riola. And oh yeah, uh, you can go take Bevo down tomorrow afternoon. <clears throat> yeah, for a team that's done playing football for 2023, there sure was a lot of football football goings ons this week, which <clears throat> is is good. Um, and if you told me that in September, like Nebraska's not going to have a ton of guys enter the transfer portal, but uh, a mid-December week is going to be one of the, the news heaviest weeks that there is. I would have thought something went very wrong. Um, and I guess, you know, <laughs> there's still technically everything's still up in the air. I, you could say that the Kyle McCord courting maybe went wrong uh, or whatever happened there. But uh, to Elijah's point, <clears throat> I think uh, Nebraska needs two quarterbacks. 
in this quote unquote class. Um, uh, and whether that's a, a transfer plus a freshman, or if you're looking at two freshmen, two true freshmen, um, I think that's, that's the minimum what Nebraska needs. And it looks like they're going to hit it. So um, I guess we'll, we'll just wait on official word, but things are, things are looking okay. Brandon Vogel is with us on uh, the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition as we talk the flip for uh, Dylan Rayola. It appears imminent. It's not official. It appears imminent. He's on his official visit this weekend. Um, now let's um, let's kind of put that into perspective. I was trying to explain it to somebody who is not a Husker, an ardent Husker fan or follower, and I was just trying to explain how significant it is for the fan base to experience this and how significant of a recruiting win this is. And this is just what pops to mind. I just want to see where you're at with this. The the closest comp I can think of is Tommy Frazier, 91, where as soon as that happened, the collective fan base kind of knew, even though we didn't follow recruiting that much, like that one just hit way different. And it's like everybody just kind of knew like, oh, P.O. might have just gotten his guy. and The legend wow, of Tommy the, Frazier. And it's just sort of like, woo, all the other pieces are kind of there. There's there's some good pieces there. Like, it felt significant. Like, you knew how significant it was. I feel like this is in that same universe. How, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I will cop to uh, not following recruiting all that closely in 1991. Now, I've heard a lot of stories since then about that Tommy Frazier recruitment and I mean you know part of it with him was like all of Nebraska's like most immediate rivals and this was a different era for Nebraska football but like Colorado's in the mix Oklahoma's in the mix sort of you you had Clemson you had the Florida schools it was a it was a high profile recruiting battle and you know Nebraska at that stage was kind of going through its like little late 80s early 90s bowl swoon Um, but but you still felt it was kind of like that one kind of signature piece away um and, and tommy frazier kind of looked like that coming out of high school so riola would be um i mean d- depending on how how in the weeds you want to get with like projections and numbers and recruiting rankings i mean he, nebraska doesn't sign players like this um that are as as highly rated as he is and yeah there's a there's a direct link to him that that gets nebraska in the door there but you kind of can't can't argue with that piece of it and go back and, and look at the five-star quarterbacks. There, there are only a couple of them each, each year. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's a couple of flame outs every now and then, but for the most part, these guys end up being pretty good. Vogues, you also had a number with five-star and then true freshman starts. I think yeah, you pulled this up Thursday, reset that. Uh, with just how difficult it is to to come in and thrive. I mean, we we very rarely do you go become day one guy. Uh, Tommy Frazier, Trevor Lawrence, your two recent and nostalgic examples of true freshmen that started and went on to win national championships. Not their freshman year, but they went two for four. All right, on championships. Uh, and it took till game six for both of them to start. Uh, there's a chance that Raiola, once he flips, has a good shot of winning the job. Uh, 
what's the quarterback room look like now? Raiola, presumably. Uh, Danny Kalen in. Uh, not going to Michigan State this weekend. Chaba, is are, are those your three guys? Probably. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it sounds a little bit overzealous, and to to say like based on on recruiting rankings and high school film and all the stuff with Raiola, but I really think if he commits, he's he's Nebraska's best quarterback. Um, like that's kind of what being a five-star that's kind of the expectation there fair or not and you never really know until you see how they how they come in and, and adjust to to the college game that said dylan's had a very unique kind of upbringing in the sport of football just with all of the kind of access and advantages that his dad's nfl career was able to provide so that should should help him along but to to the point of you know five-star quarterbacks, even if Dylan is like what, what you would expect a five-star quarterback to be right away since 2018. So past six recruiting classes, there've been 25 star quarterbacks. Three of them have started like early in their freshman year, Dante Moore at UCLA this year, kind of half in half out. He was the starter, but Chip didn't want to make him the full-time starter. So it was weird The NIL, like there's rumors that that got messed up with him. So he's in the transfer portal now. He was, he was okay. Um, he, you know, he was a guy who had about as many interceptions as he did uh, touchdowns, which is, you know, something you always worry about with freshmen, just making that adjustment. Then you, you've got some guys like Caleb Williams that kind of emerged mid season, but really it's, it's more. And then you got to go all the way back to 2018 when Trevor Lawrence and, and Clemson started Kelly Bryant at the start of that year, but it was playing both guys. And, and eventually like, it was just apparent that Lawrence was, was the better quarterback. He's like the one where you can say, yep. Five-star came in absolutely as good as advertised, still as good as advertised in the NFL. Um, it's like the dream scenario. He had a top 10 QBR as a true freshman in the country the other guy to start that year is jt daniels who eventually played at four different schools so wow. just four yeah just four i think oh but maybe it was it only three maybe only three usc georgia rice no four. west west virginia west virginia yeah she's played at four different schools um you know and as you look ahead to the i i'm not sure that you well in fact i know we can't sit here and say it's going to be rayola it's rayola's job to lose week one right like it's just you know that's not possible. Um, however, it's it also could be one of those job to win. I mean, I, I look at it that way. I just good luck, right? It, it just the the adjustment, high school to college. I just think Purdy Purdy is in the driver's seat still, in my opinion. Here, here's, real, here's, and I think it lights a fire under him. Think, think of if you're Purdy, real quick. Think if yeah. you're Purdy, how much your situation has changed just in the last <laughs> like two months, right? <laughs> Like yeah. before you were the afterthought third stringer. It was Jeff Sims job like in early September. That's where it was. And you were injured. And now you're going to, you know, it just wasn't your thing. All of a sudden you have ascended to being the starter, first of all. And now you're the starter with the guy Sims, who was ahead of you out of the way. Heinrich somewhat limited as a quarterback kind of out of the way. Now you got a five star coming in. Now you're the front runner though, right? You're still the front runner. And how, how is he going to act as that guy where he's got somebody nipping at his heels now? I, after getting a taste of some playing time last year, looking pretty comfortable, I, 
I'd be more than fine if Chubba was able to secure that job with Dylan coming in and playing some spot duty, learning on the job. I mean, isn't that the ideal the, the, scenario? The, the thing, though, is to me, this situation reminds me, there's two I look back on in, in Husker history, both of them within the past 15 seasons, where you have a guy on the roster you know about, you have a new guy coming in that's got all the buzz. I think back to that Zach Lee, Cody Green, Taylor Martinez quarterback competition of uh, 2010. 2010. Where, yeah, exactly, everyone saw what Zach Lee was in 2009. It's, well, he let him do a, a Big 12 title game. Like, he, he's got to be in the driver's seat. But everyone had heard so much about this young Taylor Martinez, how athletic he was, the plays he was making on scout team as a redshirt, his redshirt season. Comes in and wins the starting job that year. And I think a lot of people saw that one coming because of what you heard about him and, and who he was. And then you look to, to Taylor Martinez competing against a guy in, in Tristan Jebbia back at the beginning of Scott Frost's tenure. Where, Adrian Martinez. What did I, did I say, Taylor? Yeah, you did. Uh, You're well, one of them now. It's, yeah. It's a, Mar- okay. it's a Martinez at Nebraska, who would have thought. But it, it's the same situation there where you know what you have. I think uh, Husker fans did in Jebbia, which was a very, very talented quarterback. They could throw the ball around the yard, but you didn't know what you had in, in Adrian Martinez, but you had heard the the stories of, of how athletic he was and the plays he was making in practice. And what does he do? He comes in and wins starting job, which I believe only other quarterback I can think of off the top of my head, true freshman starting quarterback at Nebraska starting from game one. That situation reminds me so much of this more. You know what Chubba is? Chubba's a, a fine, he's a serviceable quarterback based on what we saw at the end of the year. But you look at Dylan Raiola and the talent that he brings in here, I think it would be a competition through fall camp, but I think we all know, assuming Dylan is what we think he is, who ends up winning that job. That's that's the the best way I can put it based on what we saw with the Taylor Martinez situation, the Adrian Martinez situation. You know who's got the upside. You know who's got the talent. And I think within the back of your mind, you know who's probably going to end up winning that quarterback job. Vogue's way in on this. I Let's, let's, let's put you uh, as the – impromptu quarterback coach because <laughs> that's also uh likely on the horizon for nebraska quarterback coach five star danny kalen signing day wednesday boom um i think there's some things chubba needs to to work on but man i loved watching him play i loved what he brought i loved the dual part of what he brought but when it comes to progressions in the Satterfield offense, um, that, that that's that's what Nebraska was dealing with last year was was limited quarterback ability from a reading a defense. It was all right. Here's our first read. Let's throw it to the guy that's open versus some guys running open. Um, and, and I don't think as much training as Dylan Riola's had in his life with NFL dudes, great quarterback coaches. I mean, that's that's something he's more comfortable with. I think from a fit standpoint of reading defenses and scanning the field and uh, of course having time to do all this with the offensive line uh, that's that's just it there's the turnover factor and you know um, it, not all of them were on Chuba he had a you know a, a handful of, of turnovers but um, that that's the other part do we do we know how well Dylan Riola if and when he becomes Nebraska's quarterback, can take care of the football compared to what's here. Yeah, that's always a big thing, especially with with freshmen or even, you know, part of this with Nebraska, not the Sims, but Harburg, I think, is just a first-time starter 
Like, sure, if you've been there and you've been practicing for a while, you can get a little bit used to the speed of the game, but it's still different going in, going against a, a real Big Ten defense. Um, <clears throat> so I think you always worry about about that piece of it. Um, you know, I, if I, if I'm fantasy Nebraska quarterbacks coach, I, I think I'm with <laughs> I'm with Mark in that the ideal scenario is you don't need Dylan Riola to be your day one starter. It, it's why, you know, early in the week when it looked like Nebraska might thread the thread the tidiest needle of all needles and get McCord and Riola, it was like, it was set. It was like, okay, well, there's no pressure on Riola to come in. If, like, he's good enough, he's good enough. If he needs time, it's, you know, everybody compared it to the Arch Manning thing. It's, it's the Arch Manning thing. Um, <clears throat> can you do that with with a, a Chubba Purdy, potentially. Um, I mean, it would be kind of similar to that 2018 Clemson season where it's like, you know, Chubba's our starter. And, and if we get five, six games into this and it's obvious that, that Ryle is better, then Ryle is better. But it'd be nice not to, to have to pin all of that on him right away. It's part of why when he went committed to Georgia initially, I was like, well, that makes sense. It's like an entirely different context from being a five-star Riola at Nebraska versus just being one of six five stars at, at Georgia. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting on, on a lot of levels that way. Can, okay. Let's go a little bit deeper into the, into the film with Riola. And here's why I think he will not start early, but why, why I think he will later. When you look at how he deals with pressure, like pressure in his face, he deals with it like uncomfortably well. <laughs> so like if you're watching him in the pocket, like dudes are all over him. It doesn't phase him at all. And so to me, what it says is that has been an emphasis probably from dad of like when you're back there. You got people blocking for you. You better not wuss out. Like you stand in there and you deliver the damn ball, right? Like, I'm serious. That's what it looks like. It seriously. I mean, they're dudes, right? I mean, they're hanging on his leg and he's still got his eyes upfield. So those are like positive traits. Don't get me wrong. Like that will serve him well. But the speed and ferocity with which that will happen to him in college will take a little bit to get used to. And I think he I think he will be a turnover. He'll he'll be a turnover risk until he adjusts to that. Because I mean, dude, he is he is hanging till the very last millisecond. And like he will take crushing hits, that is a good thing, but I think that stuff will be on him way too quick than what he's used to. Like, you know what I'm saying? After watching him, Brandon, when when you watch him, if you're to like, and that's not criticism, it's really not. It's just an observation of how he rolls, and then trying to prognosticate how that'll be once he gets into the college game. But as you watch his film, does that stand out to you? Do other things stand out? What what is it? What are some of your takeaways with him? Yeah, it does. It does feel like, um, and and it's, this is kind of like the ultimate, I think, compliment you can you can potentially pay, pay a quarterback. It looks like he had an offensive lineman for a dad, like you know, not just the like stand in there, yeah. but I also get a sense yeah. of like, hey, look, like these offensive linemen. I mean, okay, this is happening at a way different level at college and NFL than it is at high school, even high level high school. But it's like, you know, be consistent with like if you're supposed to be five steps back, like be there because uh, mm -hmm. the offensive line and it takes an offensive line to kind of, I think offensive linemen to make you 
better be able to understand this as a 17 year old. It's like, we'll move guys behind you. Like, we'll, you know, we'll move guys in front of you and just get them out of your way, but like be where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, so you do sense a, a polish there that said, you know, looking towards Nebraska 2024, none of these offensive linemen have blocked for, for that type of quarterback, kind of a, no. a more of a pure passer. Um, it's, it's different. It, it really is. And, I thought pass protection, I thought Nebraska took a step up front there, but, and this would have been the case with McCord too. Um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's a different, it, there's, there's subtle differences there that I think there, there would be an adjustment period. And with a, with a true freshman, no matter how, how good he is, like if it takes a couple games and you're back there taking those hits to your point, he he's willing to, um, how, how long before it starts to wear on you? And I mean, you know, we, we talked about the five stars, like we only have to go back to 2018 as, as Elijah sort of mentioned to the last time Nebraska started a true freshman quarterback. And, you know, it felt like Adrian was so good out of the gates in that Colorado game. Um, and, and really all season long was, was strong for a true freshman. Definitely was, was better than the average college quarterback that year. Um, but you could see like the wear and tear kind of, I think accumulates a little bit earlier the younger a player is. And that's probably true across mm. all positions. Vogues want to get your take on Sunday. Oh, yeah. as it's Nebraska, it's Texas. You don't get Wisconsin in the rubber match. That's fine. But you do get Texas. Size this up for me, man. What's your, your feel going in? Um, I, I think not having to deal with the – the baggage and familiarity of the Wisconsin thing is probably a, a slight bonus. Like, you know, if Wisconsin had, had won that match, um, you know, it, it would be exciting in a, in a different way, but you kind of get Nebraska, Texas, um, familiar foes, but foes that don't play, you know, play by chance for the most part um, at, at this stage. So, and it's, it's a different kind of thing, you know, Wisconsin's big, um, but kind of plays a big 10 brand of volleyball. Texas is is super explosive athletes all over all over the court as you'd expect. Um, they made it look kind of shockingly easy to me against Wisconsin, and they did it from the service line. I mean, they had eleven aces and four sets. Um, that's probably, I mean, that's almost always the key. It's it's uh, as simple as like staying on schedule in football. Whoever serves the best is is probably going to win. Nebraska had five aces in its three sets against Pitt, so it's not like it was um, on an off night. But it's uh, it's it's a it's a big big tough opponent. Texas is is pretty hot right now. I mean, I think they were the seventh overall seed coming into the tournament. So, and really one point away from losing in the regional semifinal. So that's a little bit dangerous when you're when you're facing a team like that. Brendan, what do you make of the fact that? they are putting volleyball up against the NFL on ABC. NFL is a juggernaut in America. I love that. (laughs) What does that mean to you that in the year of our Lord, 2023, the powers that be have decided to put NCAA volleyball up against the NFL. And this is not a, a, a expecting volleyball to go get killed in ratings. I don't think, I think that means something about this sport and its growth this year. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge to, to put it on a, on a Sunday afternoon, I mean, all the coaches were asked about it this week, you know, like what's, you know, having this extra day. And, you know, I think both uh, 
Nebraska and Texas was kind of like, yeah, it's we don't know what exactly to do because we've never had it before. Um, so to put volleyball, I mean, it's 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 a clear showcase for for the sport. And yeah, you're going up against professional football, which nobody ever wants to do. But let's let's see what it can do. I mean, it, it it's finally, you know, I think the showcase befitting like how good this championship match is. And, you know, people will watch, I think, if, if you tell people, like, yeah, this is it. They're deciding the champion of X sport in college. People will watch um, at, at greater numbers than they do normally. But volleyball is a, a really fun, exciting sport to watch. So I expect it to do do pretty well ratings-wise. Brandon Vogel with us as we get set for Nebraska and Texas on Sunday in the uh, national t- national championship game for volleyball. After watching Nebraska in this tournament, um, what strikes you in terms of maybe what Nebraska has added and or what they're exhibiting? I'll just share kind of one of my things. I feel like the, their level of sophistication has just increased, like especially like a Merritt Beeson. She was like toying with them with her serve in, in set three last time. They just seem like – I mean, it's one thing to say you're playing at another level, but it's another thing to say – I mean, it really did appear like 4D chess versus you're over there playing Connect Four. Like, it was just so they were so comprehensively better at like every spot. Um, that's what stands out to me is it just it really feels like they are playing at such an elite, high level that man, if you're if you're going against them, you better be comprehensively ready to go. Yeah, they can they can they can find a weakness and, and figure out a way to to exploit it. They're very malleable, and I would say the thing that jumps out to me about the tournament is okay, Nebraska only lost one match all season, so they they came in at a pretty high level, yeah. but some of their best players have have even elevated as the stakes have gone up. Uh, Beeson being the first one who comes to mind. Uh, she had four aces, four Nebraska's five aces against Pitt, two. Two of them were just like absolute gems. Um, it's, she, she's playing at a super high level. Becca Alec, who's sort of the the emotional center of this team, I think, has had two of her best matches in the regional final and then the NCAA semifinal. So if you can keep getting those uh, – nice, Jonathan. If you can keep getting those type of performances, Lexi Rodriguez is as steady as they come, oh, you know, yeah. Pitt, Pittsburgh's coach was kind of lamenting how often they served her in that third set and, and Nebraska ended up hitting over 400 uh, to, to put that match away. And and that's kind of, kind of how it goes. I mean, it's, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but there's a reason John Cook talks about serving pass all the time. It's, it's how these games are decided. One more thing, Brandon, just in terms of the level of talent, maybe for folks that don't follow volleyball as closely, but are just like, cool, the volleyball team's winning, let's go watch them, right? I, I view it as they have, if I was to to guess, I see like four potential Olympians on this team, maybe more. I want to see where you're at with that. So Lexi's a shoe-in to me. Like she, Lexi will compete for the United States of America in the Olympics. I can say that with all certainty. Then I think Harper Murray's a serious candidate. I think Riley's a serious candidate. I think Andy Jackson's a serious candidate. And then I think Beeson, really. I mean, literally, I think you have five bona fide, like, Olympians on a roster at one time at Nebraska right now. But you're, you you're going up against two at Texas that could be Olympians in their own right in Asia O'Neill and Skinner. You have two that oh, are very, very Asia's good. Crazy. Uh, 
Yeah. Very, very good case yeah. for Team USA in their own right. Like, the way I see Sunday is it has potential to be one of those those matches that goes down in volleyball history, not just because of how great the matchup is and how great the teams are, but because of the, the window that it's in. Being on an NFL Sunday, what it can do for the sport. Sunday has a feeling of being one of those potentially uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Monumental. Clash of legends before their time, right? Sure. Like, like one of those moments <laughs> that you look back on in volleyball history as being like, that's a moment the sport changed. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it could. And I think that's a good way to look at it when you tally up all the potential future Olympians on the court on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a – and I mean, there's players on both sides who, you know, at the, at the lower age levels already have international experience playing for, yeah. for the U.S. national team. Bergen Riley um, being being one of them. I think, t- to Mark's point, behind Lexi, which I agree, it's just like, yeah, we just, we're just waiting for... Just sign for, her up. For, for, yeah. Sign her up. Um, yeah. I think Bergen Riley's probably, probably your next top option um, based on what we've seen. She's only a true freshman. So is Murray. I think, I think a player like Murray is at Nebraska to become that type of player, that, that six rotation player as a hitter. Um, she's got some things to work on, uh, you know, in terms of the back row stuff. Teams really she's had some good her. ups in the tournament, though. She, she has. Um, yeah. Teams, she's still kind of, and I mean, it's, it's all relative, right? But, like, teams, teams tend to target her um, yeah. in, in the serve, and that'll change as, as she grows and matures as a player. She's already really high um, at, a, at a really high level. And, yeah, you wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, you know, Beeson, super skilled, um, can play the six rotations. I think she, she would be in the mix and then it, it's, we'll see. I mean, it's just, it's to, 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 to Elijah's point, like it's, it's really about as, as good as it can get in terms of like pure volleyball talent, but also kind of pure volleyball. Brandon Vogel, counter read, counter at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. Folks tell folks about counter read, how they get a hold of it. And what's going on with you? Yeah, you can visit us at, at counterread.com. That's a substack from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, we put out two, two subscriber-exclusive newsletters a week, do a couple of, of free things as, as well every now and again. But if you want to read more of my thoughts on, on Nebraska-Texas volleyball, that, that newsletter went out to subscribers just this morning. Um, if you want to sign up for a free trial first, you can, you can check it out and get access to read that. But we are also, through at least the end of tomorrow, uh, we said we were going to run the steal as long as Nebraska was in the NCAA tournament, and, and they made it to the end. So we are offering 20% off an annual subscription nice. if you, if you want to sign up now at, at counterread.com. Vogues, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll check in next week, okay, man? All right, guys, have a good one. There he Thanks, is, Brandon, Brandon Vogel. Uh, let's head to the Iron Horse. Let me get some Gary Sharp. Let me get some I, right back. What, are, what are we doing? Sharpie, I thought you I, my victory lap. Hold on. I, I thought Sharpie was going to show up on camera this morning wearing a lay, you know, with Raiola. <laughs> <laughs> where's <laughs> Where's Cranick going? I don't know. I think he's I think he's getting some yeah. coffee. He called the Raiola club. He's going to go work his sources again and see who else Nebraska may be flipping within the next week. Uh-huh. Yeah. We need Mark's take on that before the end of the show because he's got a, a Nostradamus streak going on. He does. How about the week, Sharpie? How are you? Wow, it's the uh, wonderful world as the world turns around quarterbacks and 17 to 18-year-old kids, huh? Yeah. What a, what, a, what a wild week for Nebraska football. 
from the standpoint of this isn't supposed to happen to a team that hasn't been to a bowl game in seven years. And then you're like, whoa, is this really happening? Oh, man, it's not. Wait a minute. I'd like part of it. I don't like the other part. And then when we get to Wednesday and there's actually ink that is put on a contract, we're going to be like, this is how a big time program that's got a brand should act. And then we're going to get like, should every offseason be like this? Should it just be chaos in the last 10 days? Um, but I've never seen something like this, especially the other day when you had the Riola news come down, Kyle McCord's on campus. But I think what happened through it all this week is there was the domino of Riola saying, something's not right in Athens. Let's call those guys in Lincoln to how it affected two quarterbacks in particular, actually three quarterbacks in particular, to get us to this point where at some point today, Dylan Riola will say he's uh, he's in for Nebraska. And and that's a big that's a big deal for this football program. And then we'll see what the after effect is in the next couple of days or in the next couple of years. All right, hey uh, Gary, I'm gonna di- we're gonna dig into the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition archives real quick. I found the clip from a couple of weeks ago. I'm just gonna play that real quick. Yeah, I did. Here, I'm just gonna play it real quick. Okay, ready? I bet you Dylan Rayola will flip to Nebraska. Gary Sharp. No, he won't. Mark. Yeah, he will. Okay, that was the clip. Um, well played. That was. Welcome that was to the, the Mark Cranach victory lap here on the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. No. Okay. So, so let me let serious. me ask you, and and, yeah. and and here the 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 end result is Nebraska is getting a Hawaiian Andrew Luck that could be so impactful on and off the field, and I know a lot of people were throwing his name around. So did you know that last weekend in Athens, Georgia, something would go sour? Did you already did you already look ahead and knew that? Because that's what happened. And Nebraska, because of their past relationship, and Nebraska were able to benefit from a generational talent saying, you know what, I want to look elsewhere. No, in all seriousness, I just I just saw it as a thing that you could not count out until literally signing yeah. day, just because of the connection. Just because of the connection, and just if you look at it, and I'm, I don't know exactly what happened to Georgia, and, and no, I didn't know that would happen, but I'm just saying it's like the, Nebraska yeah. was going to be given the benefit of the doubt, unlike any other program in America. Yeah, I don't his, know. In I, his mind, I don't know, Mark. So, so you got to understand here this situation. So, let's go back to a week ago today. Nebraska's making the final arrangements to get McCord here. Yep. Dylan Riola is not in the picture. Dylan Riola was going to Athens to take a physical because he would basically be moving in today. So something happened. I mean, they, they were pretty aware that Carson Beck was coming back. So something on some other level, it could be NIL or some promises that were made, just didn't seem right. And, and Dom's a business guy, man. You, yeah. you don't play 14 years in the NFL and have sons and, and you know, daughters like he has that are athletes. You're a business person. Your son mm-hmm. is kind of a client. I know that sounds a little, uh, but that's where we are in today's college athletics. So on yeah. Saturday, Nebraska's making plans to get Kyle McCord here. On Monday morning, Kyle McCord is their guy. He, he's their guy. He's their starting quarterback in 2024. At least he's going to be the most veteran guy in that room. But they knew on Sunday that Dylan Riola said, I want to come to Nebraska. So <laughs> it's a weird dynamic because Nebraska was going forward with the McCord visit knowing on Sunday that Dylan Riola wanted to come to Nebraska. 
So yeah. they were trying to balance. We'd love to have both. Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, but then, but then, then you have to make a choice. And Matt Rule made a choice of the guy that has more upside of a freshman coming in than a one-year guy. And it's just, it's the world of college football right now. The calendar yeah. is so screwed up. But through it all, Nebraska's going to be able to, they went from possibly having two five-stars guys to having one five-star to retaining the other high school quarterback in your class, which I will tell you on Monday was not, was not in the cards. Mm-hmm. You know, Danny knew about McCord. Danny didn't know about Dylan. And I'm glad that he's going to stay and compete because Danny's been chasing Dylan for a while now. So mm-hmm. let's get in there and compete. But you can see as a 17-year-old, all of a sudden your world is turned upside down. So schools are like, hey, let's call the 402. Michigan State's in play. Well, then Michigan State with Jonathan Smith brings basically his quarterback from Oregon State. And is there room for you? Now you got a kid that is confused on, man, I want to go to Nebraska, but and they're going to honor my scholarship, but am I going to play? Does anybody want me? And then last night, I think you got just a, 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 a until Wednesday, a confirmation that Danny Kalen is still in. And then you go, man, what's Brock Purdy going to do after today? He's got his degree, but he's got groin surgery that he just had. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's been a wild, wild week, but this is probably how Nebraska should operate. They should oh, always yeah. be searching for the best options to upgrade the roster, regardless of the feelings it hurts or the ground that you scorch. And I think you have enough, you have a person that's in control that they know how to play these type of games that on Wednesday, when Nebraska has signing day, you're going to go, and, and, and it might not be over. You're going to go, damn, this it, might be, this might be the time where Nebraska flips and maybe it actually equates to something on the field. This is this is a put your money where your mouth is moment for the program, for Matt Rule, and for everything. Like if you're if you say you're going to be about competition, yeah, yeah, bring it. Like yeah, and if and if you're on the team and you're somehow butt hurt by that, step up and get better. Well, don't you guys? <laughs> you think know, also, like that's you guys that's have, the opposite you guys, of what Frost did with the Burroughs. Well, situation, okay, so right? you guys have talked about this. I think it's important about communication. Yeah, we all want competition. Um, there's a lot of dads are involved these days. Why? I, I think that's why. I think yeah. that's why football coaches yes. like. I think that's why football coaches like moms. Moms are a less hassle to the football coach than the dad is. So, but here's the thing: we all want competition, and I don't. For I'll give Rule the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't strike me as this guy that says, you know, Mark Cranick walks in, he's got his son by his side, and he says, "I want that kid to start a quarterback. If he doesn't start a quarterback, I'm not coming here." And Rule goes, "Yeah, Mark, man, I got to have that guy quarterback. I love you, man. I know what you mean to the program. Your kid's starting." Rule doesn't strike me as that. But rule does strike me because we've seen now evidence of you can handle these situations with just the simple part of communicating, guys. Yeah, you do. Let everybody know where they're at. That's the thing among things that that Scott was at fault as. He was not up front with guys and said, this is the deal. Instead, he left it very gray, and then he let you decide. I think rule communicates well on where you stand, what's going to happen, and if you do blank, this is going to be the result. So I think we can all take the honesty and go, thanks, coach. I know where I stand. Let's go get him instead of, whoa, whoa, whoa. Plus, another thing, guys, you can't lie to your football team. They're around their fellow 
teammates mm-hmm. every single day, and they can see the guys that put in the work or are the best in practice. If you lie to your team and it looks like you're playing favorites, have fun with that locker room. You mm-hmm. just nailed it. You just nailed it from the top down of communication to how the culture is. And, yes, that locker room is your ultimate judge and jury. I mean, they are going to know who's getting the uh, special treatment or who gives them the best chance to win because you've got a number of guys in that room that, man, they're dying to win because they haven't won. But, Sharpie, I want to get your take here on just some other possible developments. Do you think Nebraska – and I know the numbers crunch is real – and are you good with the run? I mean, I, I don't want to get off quarterbacks too much here, but are you good with the running back room? And I ask no. that because there's been a lot of questions uh, that come up uh, in the stream, especially this morning, about is Nebraska going to do anything? Is there anything on the radar running back-wise? I, guys, we've, we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now. I, I don't like the running back room. I mean, there's a lot of great unknown. Um, I don't like how it was coached this past year, how it was managed. Yeah, you can tell me you got a couple of guys that went down with injuries, but, and I, I, I think your two weakest links on that staff are the person that coaches running backs and the person that coaches quarterbacks. It looks like you're oh. fixing your quarterback I, issue. I didn't see it with running backs. I'd like you to expand on that a little bit. I, I, didn't, I just didn't think what, they were very well coached in terms of hmm, reading, rotation. Holes, vision, rotation. I don't think the whole thing was handled very well. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I, I thought I saw Emmett Johnson go from, you know, a wily young player who was years away from contributing to kind of getting him ready to at least compete and hold his own. I thought that too, thing. Mark. I thought that too until I asked some questions. They said, no, Emmett actually has been that guy. He just needed mm-hmm. an opportunity, which mm-hmm. is great because now, now he's in the mix for 24, but is he a three down back, you know, and where right. he fits and how does that affect the other guys? No, Emmett Johnson. Emmett Johnson finally got to show off what has been there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, I, I – because I thought, oh, man, there's a guy that developed. And then I was told, well, he's kind of been that guy. He's shown it. He just had some guys in front of him, so he finally got to play. Um, I, I, and I, I look, you know, are you guys comfortable with what they're going into to 24 with what they have in the running back room? You know, there have been some high school running backs that they have, you know, kicked the tires on. But – Either the guy from Sacramento, who I like, because I think you need a big running back. I, I, I think you need a guy that people bounce off of. They didn't, talk, they didn't communicate with him. And mm. He wanted to come here, the kid from Sacramento. Um, mm. And I'm wondering, okay. why are okay. they not communicating with him? Are, are they going yeah. to wait and fill this hole on the back end of the portal? Or might be a bad fit. Might maybe, be a bad maybe fit. Maybe in February? Yeah, it might be a bad fit with Barthel, right? I mean, it could be. It doesn't mean he's a bad coach and can't coach anywhere, but you know, maybe he's a guy that needs to be in the Northeast where the talent's just around him and he can work his local connections, and that's better versus a Nebraska where you got to like spray out to the entire nation and recruit. You got you got to put a lot more into recruiting basically yeah. when you're at Nebraska than you do elsewhere. So that's that's interesting. We'll see if there are any changes there. How about this, by the way? Um, the high school that Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant came from, that's the high school oh. where Rayola's been. Um, I, I think maybe a silver lining here of, not that this was the plan all along, but if it was, how brilliant. And maybe we'll find out in 20 years when someone writes the expose. <laughs> Look at what Rayola did, right? So he's got the Phoenix area on lockdown, right? He knows that area. 
knows all the top guys there. Everybody knows Rayola, loves him. Now so does Atlanta, right? Everybody knows him, and he's the man there. People in Ohio State recruiting circles, all those cats that Ohio State is is recruiting, he knows all those fools. Georgia, same deal. Like this guy now, Rayola, he's got to be one of the more connected players in, in the country. And so for him to now bring that to Nebraska – it's going to have that magnetic effect. I, I think there could. I think you could still see some changes to this current class, with some new guys getting added and maybe a few other guys moving on, just because of that Riola effect. Because yeah. I think you're going to now have access to guys that you didn't have access to a week ago. Is yeah. he bringing his Louie? Well, I, I think it, it, Mark makes a great point, and and I've heard Elijah mention this as well. Is when you have a high profile recruit, especially a quarterback, all the kids know him because they run across him in camps or elite 11s, or we all got YouTube, okay? Dylan Riola's been in the spotlight for four years. So everybody around the country knows who he is. Um, and, you know, and, and he started to work on the flipping on Sunday. I'm sure Nebraska said, whoa, 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 we don't have much space, and we can't put a freshman on an NIL scholarship. You know, Nebraska didn't have to do anything until fall camp, but they're going to have – you know, spring will, spring will be, I, I think, a moment where it becomes pretty evident who's going to play and not play. And so maybe some of those guys that are still on scholarship that didn't play this past year when it seemed like everybody got an opportunity to play, they may leave. But, yeah, Riola is a guy that can help flip. You know, you got two linebackers that are on campus, one decommitted from Miami yesterday because they simply ran out of space because they're more into recru- recruiting portal guys right now than high school guys. And then you have another one who Nebraska has, you know, already had some interest in going all the way back to the spring from Oregon. But who was here that time of the year? That was Riola. So, yeah, there, there's a bounce. There's a bounce that you can get. And that's the – when you, if you have to choose two guys, you choose the guy that's going to help you with momentum and is going to impact you now, later, and, and, and beyond. But it's, it's, it's wild how this could happen. It just – it's tough this late – to have peer recruiting because you don't have space and it's at the 11th hour instead of, man, can you imagine what would have happened back in May? Hmm. I think Brandon's spot on here in, in the comments in the stream. Uh, tinfoil hat, part of the plan the whole time. <laughs> part of the plan the whole time. Rayola, go get in, infiltrate. I mean, this is like a Russia psyop, right? Like this is exactly <laughs> wow. what this is. This is, a, this is Putin-level stuff. That's major tinfoil hat stuff. And, that, that, yes, it's a little out yes. there for me. A little out there for me. <laughs> Gary Sharp is with us. The weekend, infiltrate the enemy. The weekend edition of Hail Varsity. Sharpie, now let's just talk about the the upgrade at quarterback that, that Raiola potentially will be. When, when we talk skill set, development is – his grooming for this moment. And I know there's a lot of pressure. There's the Nebraska factor here, but we've not seen a quarterback potentially like this ever here. Have we? I mean, guys, a guy, a guy that comes in and just has the tools to scan the defense. He's Mm. big, he's physical, and he's got arm talent. That's, that's pretty elite. Yeah. There he's the Hawaiian Andrew luck is what he is. Um, you know, there's there's something special about him, and I think now you you go all in on he's your starting quarterback against UTEP. I would still think they need to get a veteran day one. in that room. Day yeah. one, you think? Day one. 
Um, mm. You still need to get a veteran in that room. I'd like to see somebody that, you know, I love winning programs. You guys were mentioning earlier Buford, uh, the high school that he came from. I love that Nebraska got an offensive lineman out of Bishop Gorman in Vegas because all they yes. do is win. So I like high schools that win. You know, Westside has a winning culture. They're starting to turn guys towards Nebraska. Um, so I, I think day one, hey, freshmen have played here before. You remember 2018 a freshman played. But I mm-hmm. think you work around the skill set of what he brings, and that is a big boy arm. He can throw into a tight window. He can throw guys open. Now, I want to see the consistency. I, I want people to go and watch, if you can find it on YouTube, a full game, not just highlight reel, reels, because he's still got some things to work on. And, you know, if you, if you pair him with a guy that is big into technique and works on the footwork and the release, then you can start working on, I can scan the field. I can tell that Dylan has some good football DNA because he does scan the field. And he's played with some pretty good wide receivers in high school. I mean, he, He's had, he's had he's had a couple of nice really high school teams, but I think what he does is as he develops and he gets up to the speed of the college game, guys, he's going to elevate that wide receiver room. We already oh. know what is here, so guys are going to be thrown open. Guys are going to be able to if they run routes, they're going to get run routes the right way. They're going to get rewarded. They're going to be thrown catchable balls. I think a guy don't forget about him coming up on Wednesday. Nebraska's done a great job of keeping Barney in the mix because he's a long way away from where he's going to go to college. A lot of people Barney? like him. Ja'Cory yes. Barney. Yes. Ja'Cory Barney. And, and Ja'Cory Barney is what? A wide receiver. For folks that... Yes. Okay. And yeah. so Nebraska likes him a lot. I think he's another guy that's going to fit right into the mix. Um, I think he'll elevate the wide receivers. But I, I just think you got a guy that has got a huge upside and has already got a great baseline. Now what do you do with it? The big thing is, what do you do with him? How you coach him? But you can't do this. What they did with Adrian is they didn't build around him. So Nebraska, if you look at Scott Frost's five years of getting verbal commitments from offensive linemen, there were a couple years in there where they had just two. They just had one. They had a big year his second year. Rule the last last two years has gotten 11 verbal commitments. So it's Nebraska's mindset of building in and then moving out. But you've got to put pieces around him. You can't just get a guy like a Dylan Riola and say, hey, here you go. Get us to a bowl game. Yeah. Your, your job yeah. as the CEO of the program is let's build around him. So ball catchers, which I like that phrase that was used yesterday. I like big men in front of him. And the, you help him instead of saying, hey, you help us. Say, no, no, we already like you. We're going to help you. And I think that's something that Nebraska has failed to do when they've had a generational talent on either side of the ball to build around them. They've just said, you're so good. Just go do your good things. Gary, really fast. You mentioned the, the, the ball catcher thing. And I think that's a reference to to Desmond Demas. Can we talk about what the hell was going on there? Because that feels like a weird situation all around from like, he says he's coming to Lincoln. It doesn't sound like he actually has a a visit lined up from what I've been told that has not been interest from Nebraska for a couple of months now, but now he wants to come. Is allowed to leave the state is my question. (laughs) Listen, and for folks that don't know, Texas, former Texas A&M guy transferred Garden City, five-star receiver. Sorry. Uh, Doesn't it feel like, hey, I know I've got a passionate fan base that is just eating up stuff. Let's get some people involved. Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, more Instagram followers, more Twitter followers. That's as the day went on, that's what it seemed like to me. I, I thought it was still a little remote for him to be here this weekend because there's a lot of questions about is he eligible, when he'd be here, what's going on. 
Nebraska's comfort level with his past. Um, yeah, it, it, that was that was one of those things we've seen before. I think, guys, where you get a Nebraska fan base engaged, you get a lot of attention, and then you're like, oh, that's why he was doing that. Who was the quarterback, not Tebow, with Leak? That was the third down jump pass. That was Tebow. No, no, but who who was Leak was the starter on their first national championship team. Then who was it later? I swear they had another quarterback that was just a Cam Newton. Just that, just that kind of role. No, at Florida. Anyway, I can't remember. Cam Newton was at Florida. Well, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't him. No, Newton was he at Florida or Florida State? No, no, he went to Florida and then he got kicked out. Regardless, that's not the name. I'll find it. I'll bring it up next week. There, there's somebody else that was that was like that. But anyway, I, to me, that's going to be Harburg. I think Harburg is going to have still like a package of goal line. Hold on for a sec. Listen, Sharp, Sharpie's, Sharpie's face. Sharpie's face says no. No, it wasn't Rex no. Grossman either, Greg, in the stream. Uh, no, it was not Rex Grossman. No, what I'm saying is he, I think he makes a potential. I think he makes a permanent position move to like a tight end. Right? Or a slot. Why are you guys laughing so hard? I'm laughing, I'm laughing at Sharpie's face when you brought up Harburg and Corbett. I'm not trying to. Dude, listen to this. That is horrible. Uh, That's horrible. Leave the kid alone. All right? Come on. He's he got a couple W's. He got a couple W's. All for I'm this saying, all I'm saying oh, he's, is he, from, pulled back for the, he pulled back for the screen and just. From right, what listen. I saw from Heinrich Harburg this Belldozer. past season. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Blake Bell. Yeah, he did not oh, go to Florida. Oklahoma, not Florida. Yeah. Sorry, but, it was but, sorry. But, like, yes, you're like definitely Devitt. right, Walter. It was Belldozer. From Blake what Bell. we saw, though, Blake from Bell. what we saw in Heinrich Harburg last year, if you have Dylan Ryle on the football field and you put Heinrich Harburg in on a third down, Gary, open your this eyes. fan base your may eyes. never forgive Marcus Satterfield. That's all I'm. That's no, all, that's listen. All I'm well, okay, so let's just. I'm saying, hey, can hey, I? I haven't even finished my point. Just hold on. Are you going? Are you going to go in your closet and grab your Taysom Hill jersey as well? Thank you. This is this is the guy that Harburg is going to be like tight end type, but then when it's like second and one from the goal line, you hand it off. Yeah, you bring in Har- you bring in Harburg. Harburg is going to be your little Swiss Army knife because he is athletic enough with the ball. He's big enough. He's a matchup problem. I'm not saying he's going to be the permanent quarterback and beat out Ariola. I'm not. Or Purdy, I, for that I matter. Love, or I Caitlin. love Harburg. I love Harburg. I love Harburg. But there is a spot the, for him on the team. And the ball. Saying, and that's what it'll be. Okay, yeah, so. It's so, called H-back. Um, they, I, they need a veteran in that quarterback room. Um, because right now you have a incoming freshman who thankfully will be here for spring. You have Purdy. You have Harburg and a bunch of walk-ons. It'll so, be Purdy is the veteran. So let me ask you guys this, because I think there's one guy in this mix that has gained a lot of power in the last 48 to 72 hours. Who's more important to Nebraska in 2024? Because also, you know that two guys are going to start a game. I mean, Tanner Lee ain't walking back through that door where he says, I got it, guys. I'll start all 12. So probably two guys are going to start. Or Rayola takes over. That's my prediction. Go on. What are you, back in 1993 again? No. Or at 92? No, that was yeah, the maybe Mike, that was the Mike Grant, Tommy Frazier. So who's more important in Nebraska football as of today? Harburg or Purdy? Purdy. OK, because Purdy has. So the staff feels like Purdy has more of an upside, but we have no idea what Purdy wants to do, which is kind of yeah. uncomfortable because, you know, you'd like to have him in that room. 
to see what he can do. Here, here's the thing, what we don't know, and I don't mean to crush Harburg, and, and I, I think a Taysom Hill role would suit him well, is Nebraska's going to have a new guy that's directing that room. What impact does it have? Because my pushback when I've always said, man, Harburg and Purdy development is you should have seen him in spring. That's the response you get from Lincoln is look at him now, but man, you should have seen him in spring. So what do you want? And and I, I get it during the season. It's really tough to develop a quarterback because everything is about game prep. Um, so it's not like you're working on technique. That's, that's in the spring. That's in fall camp. So, you know, spring at spring the quarterback position will be very curious. Nebraska Nebraska has a – you add Riola, what kind of a jump do they make, it, make as a group? You know, not just one guy, but what do they make as a group? Exactly. Because they're going to need – they're going to need at least two quarterbacks, and they might need three as the season goes along. Yeah, we didn't yeah. get to the wackiest story of the week here, which is now up on the screen. Casey Thompson, despite all the wackiness <laughs> of this week, I think Casey Thompson <laughs> – Deciding to come back to Lincoln and threw a wrench into everyone's storylines and just created the wackiest storyline I've probably ever seen in Nebraska your, football. Which is your vet quarterback. What, <laughs> which, what by the way, he has that? not decided to do. He has not decided. No, he has not, but he's, he's got doing. a seventh year of okay. eligibility. I know, but that Elijah made it seem like <laughs> like that's no, just, deciding to come back. No, he's not deciding to come back. It was just so wacky that we wake up on Friday morning like, is Casey Thompson going to be a Husker again? Like, that yeah. that was, in a wacky week, maybe the wackiest storyline. Well, we got another Casey video. Remember, right after spring football ended, he was thrown in the Hawks Championship Center? We got a, we got a Casey video of him throwing with Emmett Johnson the other day. And then Danny Kalen said, not so fast. I got two Huskers. I'm going to throw passes to Fedonian Hall. Next yeah. thing you know... Raiola is going to put out a video this morning, and he's throwing with the entire team. Gary, Gary, I, as somebody who's been around the program uh, a long time and been following all this, the only comp I can come up with, it, I'm not saying this is, he's going to produce at the same level, but in terms of the reaction of the fan base and the understanding of how significant it is that Raiola seemingly, seemingly going to commit, I think you have to go back to Frazier 91, where it's just like when Frazier committed at that moment in that time, everybody that followed the program closely kind of knew. Everybody was just sort of like, ooh, that's different. That is different. There are a lot of pieces in place at this program right now, and now you're getting this dude, Tommy, that is so brash, so confident, so perfect for that offense. Look the hell out. Right, like y'all, yeah. you just knew it. You knew I, that that dude was going to change things. Dude, I, I feel I, like Rayola. I don't want to put him is, in that category. I, listen, man, we're talking. Now we about, have the benefit of hindsight because now we have the benefit yeah. of hindsight. Hey, can, can I'm I, talking in I the moment. Through? Okay, I'm talking I, in the moment of him recruiting. We knew how significant it was. I feel like this is the same thing because it has dominated the entire week, unlike any other yeah, recruit yeah. I can remember since yeah. Frazier. Okay, I'll give you. Um, in terms of attention where you think, man, this is the guy. Remember what our discussion was like when Adrian committed right away to Frost. But I want to go back to a, probably about 20 years ago, right? Remember the, remember the attention around Harrison Beck? Yeah. Where, yeah, where yeah. A, head, a head coach yeah. got his quarterback and we went, dang, that might be the guy to put you over the top. Along with Leon Jackson, it was can't miss. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, you know, I, I think that the thing here, first of all, you got to get the kid in your program 
and let him settle in. And then I also think you have to let him breathe because there will be so many expectations on him and there should be, but some of them will be just outrageous. I think that's why it works though, Gary. I think that's why it works because, and the same with Frazier, heap as much pressure as you want on the guy. It doesn't, he doesn't. Well, we're about to, we're we're about to find out because when you get squeezed, you know, what comes out is what your true thing is. So there's going to be a lot of squeezing because you expect him to be the guy to turn the corner of this program. And if he comes out and he's a baller, then it's game on. Then it has changed the trajectory of Nebraska football. Nothing's, nothing's going to surprise Rayola about this place. So nothing. He grew up in it. He gets it entirely. Entirely. Well, he's been yeah, around the NFL uh, guys. You do, but hey, until you yeah. have boots on the ground, Mark, you don't really truly understand what that position and what that name is until you're walking around here. Yeah, you can go to basketball games, you can go to baseball games, and everybody knows you. But now it's real. That's what I'm. That's what I, I'm glad that we're done with the whole recruiting stuff. Okay, now it's time to play football. That's when you find out that this is a pressure cooker. Not everybody can handle it. He's got a background that says he can. That's yeah. why I can't wait I'm for concerned. this to just get going and play some football and see how this unfolds. But at some point, we're going to have to let the kid breathe. And that's where the program comes in of, hey, we're just going to let you be you in this program and help you get to where you want to go. That also brings a football program with you. It's not real until you're sitting in that 100-level yep. psychology course at UNL, you know? Sharpie 181, I believe. Sharpie real quick. Let's, uh, we, we talk about these freshman quarterbacks that, that get the opportunity. It's what they want. They're, they're five-star, and they land, and they're freshmen big difference with what's their supporting cast okay and i would let's just go there for two seconds before we say goodbye you know what what nice try chris you know we're gonna what's 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 around him say raiola commits and then wins the job do you like the offensive line the wideouts the defense these these parts he's walking into as you look to 2024 okay so the help yeah, I I think they're they're in a they're in a a good spot offensively. Um, we don't know what good quarterback play does to everybody, right? Like like <laughs> we, not, we, not, we really like, don't. But, but I'm talking about elevating players around you with just simple God, good so quarterback funny. play. That is so funny. I mean, just like just think about what you just said. Like we literally don't. <laughs> Oscar Bay's like, what's it like to have a good quarterback that knows how to play quarterback? What does that do to an offensive lineman when a quarterback doesn't hold the ball too long, that knows when to get rid of it? Um, you That's know, actually what worries me about yeah. Rayola. He stands in, in there to the last millisecond. I think well, it's time and, to adjust. And so that's where you adjust as an offensive lineman. Yeah. I think on offensive line, you know, you got a lot of veterans coming back, but can you build depth behind him? You know, that's another yeah. thing to, to worry about. That's why spring football becomes very fascinating because it's not like you'll have a ton of new faces. I mean, people have been here for a while. I also think this, and I'm going to watch this very closely, on both sides of the ball, rule is big on year two, not just the results like that are on his resume, but also of guys developing. I, I think he, you know, I, I think he took a little pushback on why some of the portal guys didn't pop sooner. And he was like, well, you know what? Year two of portal guys, I think that's when they pop. Well, okay, does that apply to guys that were already here? That in year two, with some familiarity and some comfortability, 
then all of a sudden we start to see them grow. So if that happens, man, you're cooking with peanut oil. But again, we don't know. We always talk about Amir. Amir was able to cover up a lot of warts on that offense. And, and after he was gone, they reared their ugly head. Well, you could have a quarterback that's here for at least three years. Does he cover up some of the things that ails Nebraska offensively right now that you can fix in the meantime because you know you have to? That's, that's what I can't wait to see, if that's really true. And that really, then that shows you how good Dylan Riola is and can be if he can single-handedly do that. Because we haven't talked a lot about around here. We've wanted to, but it hasn't come to fruition of, hey, man, this is a quarterback team. Man, that quarterback, he can go out and win games. We tried that with Adrian. Again, pieces around him didn't necessarily fit together, and he was poorly managed. Maybe we get to that point where, man, where you have a quarterback that on Saturday, I don't even have to worry about it. He's going to go out and make two or three plays a game that he's going to win it for us. Well, to your point, Gary, about how long it's been, as far as my research can, can, can show me, do you know who the only Husker over the last three decades is to throw a pass in a regular season NFL game? Ooh. Don't, Rex Burkhead. Ah, Schmitty ruined uh, it. Schmitty ruined it. It's Rex Burkhead. Uh, as far as I can tell, he is 0 for 2 in his NFL career throwing the ball. Oh, Superman. Yeah, Charles you know, here, here's a, one, one quick thing. One quick thing. Here, about 24. So let, let, let's roll with Raiola is the guy, and Raiola has a good freshman year because, wow, surprise, there are freshman quarterbacks that start in college big boy football nowadays and do well. Think about what he does for your future. Like the momentum that you pick up. We, we have lamented, guys, about Nebraska never recruited to Sue. Yep. Well, I mean, they didn't. They no. never recruited to blank. They never used a good year off of a certain player to recruit to them. Mm-hmm. That's what could happen in 24 is you establish your offense, you have a really good quarterback, you start to build off of him, and then it becomes a kind of a plug-and-play because you have the culture, you have the game plan, you have the talent that are all set, that's when you turn the corner and it starts to pop. Mm-hmm. Got in the stream. Zach Taylor never threw a pass in the NFL. I don't believe he did. I don't no, believe he made, made uh, 52. Ma- yeah, he didn't make a, a final roster. Um, I, a couple Huskers that are uh, – so they're on the current roster and it's a roll of the dice of whether or not they'll come back. But two guys I think are really important for someone like Dylan Rayola and his level of maturity and if he's the guy from day one. Marcus Washington, you don't know if he's going to get his his uh, extra year of eligibility. That seems kind of unlikely, I think, if we had to guess. Um, but a receiver like that, right? Big target. So imagine Kemp at six foot two, basically dependable, mm-hmm. going to get open, tough, a security blanket, veteran receiver. I think he really needs that. You know, whether it's Washington yeah. or you get somebody out of the portal, you need that security blanket guy. And then another guy, I think, too is somebody like a Ramir, somebody that when things break down, just flip it over to him, right? Like somebody that's reliable, can catch it out of the backfield, get you a few yards. You pair Rayola up with a, a, a veteran in the backfield that can catch and a veteran that a veteran receiver that isn't going to alligator arm anything and is going to catch anything thrown at him or at least try. I feel like he needs that. How, how critical is that, Gary, that if Washington – like you can't assume Washington's coming back – do you have to go get that fifth-year receiver, that dependable Westercamp, Washington type? Um, first of all, thanks for the cameo of Mrs. Schmidt. Um, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
that you know what that that's the thing like I thought Fleming was that guy what you're describing is Nebraska needs a possession wide receiver yeah depending and, on and, Washington's and, that guy if he's healthy yeah and but I don't man I just don't know what the path would be for him to get an extra year I know um, I know it's completely different from the two-time transfer waiver that was announced yesterday so yeah. I think that path to get him an extra year is I don't I just I mean, unless Nebraska invents something um like I, I agree with you about a possession guy but I would like to wait and see what happens with the current wide receiver room in the spring. Remember, the, we, we, we're, we're all caught up in the current portal window. Last year turned out to be one of the interesting spring portal windows for Nebraska. Guys they lost and then guys they tried to add. So I, I don't know if they just say, you know what, we got some young wide receivers. I mean, Demetrius Bell might win the offseason around here, and he hadn't even played, but everybody brings him up. So I think they want to see what they got with the wide receivers before they start to make a move. I agree with you about a running back out of the backfield. What if that's Emmett Johnson? Could be. Hey, you know, he's got skills there too. They didn't they didn't use use him a lot. What if Nebraska, um, what if Nebraska with a quarterback that can complete a screen pass? My God, the stadium might fall down. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. By the way, Rayola, his deep ball. I mean, it's like Russell Wilson style, man. Just like if you're if you're sitting in the East Stadium expansion, like you are going to be eye level with the ball at some point, right? Like that thing just goes. He throws it so damn high in the air. It's have crazy. you donated to 1890? I have not. I have okay. Not. I want to go on, be, on behalf of the Riolas. You have not donated. No, no. I okay. I, I, I give my money to counterread.com and, um, you know and beer like what why, i can't pay them, them directly i'm just saying how, how about you have you guys done it i, I by the way I, I think, i'll say no. i'll say your proceeds when are the collectives when are the collectives going to get your proceeds back? on cornhead lager do benefit 1890 so in that yeah, way no, i have technically that is a fantastic okay, yeah. beer cornhead lager i recommend you to try it they do sponsor our show so i am biased but this is not a a joke when i say i do go out of my way to go buy cornhead lager it's a fantastic beer easy drinking it's not going to be something that's like you know i love cross chains fairy nectar as well that's a a less easy drinking beer the cornhead lager a great game day beer easy drinking good for a saturday night good for a volleyball national title at 2 p.m on a sunday elijah's drunk on it right now this is great hey i'll get doug at cross drain and so we'll each have one Maybe one of these shows here shortly, and we'll all just toast at the end of the don't show. You, that's what don't we'll do. you don't you feel like the fairy nectar is Nebraska's best chance right now at having a boulevard like a boulevard wheat like distribution throughout the Midwest? I think that is Nebraska's best chance at an export that becomes a it's regional. Nebraska's five star right now. I'll, I'll, yeah, right? I'll also give a free shout out. Love the copper alt from Zipline, folks. At Zipline do a great job as well. Yeah. Loves I love two blocks. Listen, from to, listen to Elijah just shout. How did, how did we go from <laughs> Rayola to shouting out favorite beers? The Snow like, Beast what? down at Kincader, also a fantastic nice. winter yeah. beer. That's yeah. a good one. Can I get a what what for Devil's Gap? Hey, oh, Devil's here. Gap, the jalapeno yeah. ale. So okay. good. Now, so now the good. next step is you got a head football coach who likes his bourbon, not really a beer mm. drinker. Mm. Yeah, where's Cut Spike at? Nebraska distillery-wise doesn't have that um, kind of signature. So yeah, so the bourbon that Rule likes is local. Oh, do, you, really? do you have a name? Um, I don't know the exact name. I want to say it's in Fremont. That okay. it is. It is barreled in Fremont, but he likes some local bourbon. Low key downtown Fremont, legit. It is. 
I'm, I'm telling you, you get there, dude, they have a legit Mexican restaurant, legit whiskey bar, legit like Italian restaurant, legit steak restaurant. That was no, not was a quote I was expecting to get on this Saturday morning edition of I'm Hellbars telling Radio. You, How I'm do we get to downtown Fremont? Have you guys seen what Dylan no. Riola and Nebraska playing for a national championship against our most hated rival tomorrow has done to Kranich? I know. Yeah. What do you think would happen to she's already extremely popular and she's a brick wall. What if Becca Alec blocks a Texas middle tomorrow and goes horns down? Ooh. She, she will viral moment. She will do that. I don't think there's any question. And in fact, if she wasn't like that. That's the only reason why Andy Jackson doesn't play all the time. You, because I think you could make the argument if that happens, that could be the biggest moment in women's college volleyball history. Just because everyone on the internet loves any sort of horns down ever whenever somebody's playing Texas. That yeah. could be bigger. I mean, like, we know Volleyball Day in Nebraska was huge with its viralness for, for women's college volleyball. But going horns down. Virality. Whatever. Is it? I'm just kidding. I don't know what it is. No, I, really I, I think that's in reference. Anyway, let's move on from that. That's virility. Ah, yeah. I was like, I'm not sure about that. Anyway. Right, I'm calling this. Love you guys. <laughs> no, wait. I, I want to know. I was trying to say, the, like, in the national championship match, if there's a horns down moment, that will be absolutely massive for women's college It'll be volleyball. great. You just better win if you're going to do horns down. Yeah. Laney Choboy is also a candidate to do that. She is. Right, just, just win. Do all the horns down you want, but just make sure you have – more sets in the hey wouldn't you like to know what is in the drafts of nebraska volleyball's twitter account because you know it's gotten kind of spicy (laughs) on social media between teams when they win they're awful texas and nebraska yeah so what do you think is sitting in each school's drafts for tomorrow Mm. do we remember the lexi sun exactly like the sun rises again in in nebraska or something like that Yeah. yeah they're totally called out that was that is a, was as low of a blow as I've seen a university account go, calling out a specific individual in college, calling out Lexi. That was, wow. That was Texas, though. I mean, that's Texas. That's Texas. Of course they did that. Of course they did that. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, somebody in the stream earlier comment, and I know Chris wanted to call this, and he looks angry almost right now. That's fine, Chris. I'm sorry. No, sorry good. that this thing went off the rails and we started talking about Whatever the hell we were just talking about. But Dayton Rayola, somebody had put in there. The next Omaha West Side quarterback? <laughs> it's actually not a <laughs> it's not a it's not a ridiculous thought. Um it's no, really I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I imagine the family will move <laughs> to Lincoln you. because they're very <laughs> active. That will be to get Dayton, that will be quite the uh recruiting twists and turns between <laughs> Lincoln East and Lincoln Southeast. What about Lincoln Christian? Why are you counting them out? Well, you could go the role of uh, Jared Bubak. What about Tommy Armstrong at North Star? Is that the recruiting pitch? That mm. might be that. Now we might have to focus on the recruitment of Lincoln High Schools for Dayton Riola. Ron Kellogg's at Standing Bear. Oh, mm. hey, would it also surprise you if Dayton Riola commits to Nebraska here in the near future? No, no it would not. Yep. No, you just got the lineage all the way through. Like Riola's got. Nebraska's 2020s handled. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm sorry we missed a game last night. I, uh, I heard people were driving by Memorial Stadium. It was all lit up. They didn't tell anybody they were having a game. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, today, I think today will be a good day for Nebraska football. 
I think you think right. today is you think today is the actual announcement of the commitment. Yeah, I think in the next couple of hours. Okay, and it'd be so much. That... Cool. I said it yesterday on the show. It'd be so much cooler if Nebraska volleyball wins a national title and then, like, ninety minutes later on Twitter, Dylan Riola like puts up a, a commitment post. That would be like an all-time moment in Husker history. Well, I think. Don't you? I, do think, it I like... think timing-wise, you do your own day. You let volleyball have their day tomorrow, and you put it out if you're ready to put it out. Well, I think if you're Nebraska football, I mean, this is, it's a formality, but you would like it out there publicly in case somebody's on the fence. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of, plenty of lag time before Wednesday to bring some flips with him, possibly. Man, just when we thought Nebraska couldn't be interesting in the off season, just when we thought. Actually, we never thought that. Well, Nebraska is actually more interesting in the off season. You know what? They, they have this great brand and they haven't backed it up on the field. They're yep. finally acting like it here in the last couple of weeks because they can produce a bag. And instead of shying away from that, and that's old school, and I'm not comfortable with that, in Nebraska football, act like Nebraska football. Eventually you're going to have to do it on the field because we're all worn out. But yeah. if you're able to do that, why not act like it? And I think a, I think a head coach realized that the brand is still strong and they got a good response, and then they got – a week ago, yesterday or tomorrow, they got this gift that has fallen back into their laps that now they can use to possibly turn the corner. It's it's amazing. This stuff isn't supposed to happen in Nebraska football, so that's why I say, until the ink is dry, just hold the phone. Yep. And I'm, oh, not, no. I'm not I'm not saying something's going to be a curveball. I'm just saying we all have known that man Lucy is looming in the background, and all of a sudden she's going to come and take our football. Robert asked in the stream, does uh... Dylan Rayola have to announce a decommitment before he can commit no. here. Not sure how that no. works. No, he does not. No, no all, but... all it is is talk until letter of intent signing day, which is Wednesday. So yeah, the, the there kids is... can say whatever. They yeah, want. they they don't have polygamy in recruiting. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Technically, he doesn't even have to announce the Georgia decommitment. He just has to announce a Nebraska commitment. Whenever you think about it, it was, Sharpie, it what else you got? Polygamy else... in recruiting. What else you got? Happen? There's our show title: Polygamy in recruiting. Let's. I'm not sure. Sudden, about, I, why are we getting all these downloads from Utah? Uh, we also have tomorrow. I mean, Nebraska volleyball and Nebraska K State are going at the same time. I know. Oh, I know. We haven't even talked about. Okay, that that has, if that doesn't tell you about the state of Husker athletics, right? A, a, a quarterback commit, a quarterback com, not even a commit, and then a volleyball team. Like we haven't even talked about Nebraska K State. And I'm fine with that. And I think everybody else in the world's fine with it too. But that tells you a little bit about here. A little bit of a different place. On that note, yep, Shmi's right? gonna end the show hundred percent. I can see the look in his eyes. Football uh, football rules the day until yeah. it's until it doesn't. Oh, um, Scott Frost to Iowa is O. C. Is that no, is there um, smoke there? I, so I feel like he would crumble the entire there was, operation there was, of how there was Iowa contact, wants to win. Um Joe Philbin is is the guy that is mentioned the most over in and Iowa. Who's that right guy, now. and what's he all about? He's an older uh, coach. He'll, will, will he play within that same kind of system well, in okay. general? We, yeah. So, just remember, so whatever Kirk Ferentz wants is his offense. Yeah. That's what he's going to get. And so he's, yeah. got a, he's got a strong connection. Joe Philbin is the guy that was, you know, with – he was so he was an analyst at Ohio State this past year. But – Everybody Reaches else's brother. Well, yeah. every everybody will know him as the head coach of the Dolphins. 
offensive coordinator oh, yeah. for a year. Yeah, 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 so yeah, that's okay. the name. That's the name over in Iowa City that's being mentioned the most. He's got a strong connection with Kirk Ferentz. Now, Philbin is in his 60s, but that offense will only go like Kirk Ferentz wants it to go. And I think he shares similar ideas with Joe Philbin. So that's mm. it, it appears to be trending that way. I know, I know there was some contact between Frost. It actually the Frost hire would have been a good hire, in my opinion, if Scott was ready to grind. Head down, go to work, and grind. It would have been an interesting, you know, a, a difference of personality between him and Kirk, but they would have had to change like, their whole well, approach to winning, though, if they mm, you know. I don't know. Kirk is pretty strong-handed. That's why I think a guy yeah. like Joe Philbin probably fits better with him than Frost. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. you can't just all of a sudden inject, you know, tempo and yeah, <laughs> like that. That would make the whole operation fall apart in Iowa. It'd yeah, be, I think it would be like if that, if you could pull that marriage off, though, the Kirk Ferentz winning way with the Scott Frost offense, it kind of it kind of intrigues me in just terms of what that would look like and how successful it could be. But yeah, I, think I, 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 think I, I think in Iowa, you, would wear the hell out. you'll never change your philosophy is you have an elite defense, you have an elite special teams group, just don't screw it up on offense. But, uh, you know, for 24 in Iowa City, it comes down to what offense benefits Cade McNamara? Because that's going to be your starting quarterback. So, yeah, Joe Philbin, who is 62, uh, looks like he is uh, the front runner to be the offensive coordinator. And he's he was an analyst at Ohio State this past year, but – you remember, he's also an off- former offensive line coach in the NFL, which Kirk Ferentz, that's part of his background as well. Somebody, who was it, Roger, in the stream, Iowa's out shopping for a golf simulator? As though that's how they're going to lure Frost is the I don't know. You know where you'd have to go get the golden tee, the famous golden tee? I have a friend, actually. Is, is, is it still in, in the Hawks? Center? Uh, no, it it is in the basement of the Peed family, which runs 1890. How do you oh, know that? Really? How do you Can know we back that? Up a little bit. What's going on here? The golf. So golden tea. Yeah. What's the video what's going game? On with that? I'm not. Yeah, like, like don't reveal this. But like, how on earth do you freaking know that? That's that's a rhetorical question. I hold on. I, don't, I, no, where was, you where that was question. golden just, tea? Where was golden tea during the frost tenure? Where was this machine? It was in the football offices. It was in the football offices, and there was maybe a little bit too much golden tea being played, uh, is the insinuation. And so that has been removed from the football offices. I'm uh, yeah. Yep. Trev was not down. Trev's more of a Tecmo Bowl guy, right? Like, he's like, I, hey. I think Trev's more of an office space <laughs> guy where once that thing was removed, he's going to take a hammer to it like it's the, uh, the copy machine that everyone hated. By I the way, think... this is real life that we're talking about here. Yeah, real, I think, this is I think real Trev life. is in – we don't treat our football program like a fraternity. Hmm. I would like to shout out my guy Ryan down in Mississippi. Um, he has a golden tea in his house because there's a restaurant that was closing down. He got a great deal on it. And let me tell you what, <laughs> drinking some beers with the boys and playing golden tea at your boy's house, it's a lot better than doing it at the bar. Like, you can just play unlimited, <laughs> unlock that thing. You can get on all the leaderboards, like, nationwide. Yeah. It's insane. I would nope. charge Nobody's a quarter. Nobody's against golden tea, but not at the expense of the success of the Nebraska football program. I think that's kind of the difference. That's kind of the difference. Yeah, can maybe, I get maybe can keep I get that a in golden the players' tea? lounge? Yeah. Can I get it? Could I get a golden tea to hook up to my my big screen in the basement? Check Facebook Marketplace. You could probably. It, it might not be like local. You might have to go a ways for it. He got lucky with the local golden tea, but I'm sure you can find one somewhere. 
I love doing this show every Saturday. <laughs> we have no idea where this is going. This is what makes yeah. us the best. Yes, I See? love it. Yeah, Duck Hunt is going to be a really big deal when Rayola comes in. That is his kind of thing. And Trev's fine with that because you're practicing like long-term, like vision, depth perception, triggering, <laughs> right? Like it's applicable to the sport. Um, so that'll be good. That'll be good. Uh, someone on the stream, and then I know because Schmidt is so uncomfortable right now. No, no, I'm not uncomfortable. No, no, we start talking Golden Tee. We, we reel them right back in. Threw out he, a, was late. he was late because he had to drop a deuce earlier, so he, this could be true. Sorry, go on. No, I'm serious, Gary. We talked about it. Oh, he wasn't doubting I'm you. Serious. I just don't think you wanted to hear it. <laughs> no, we talked about it on the show. I'm just recapping. You weren't on the... Gary, continue. Was what, what was going on in the stream chat? So yeah. someone said the discussion is $4 million for Dylan Riola. That's not true. Yeah, I was going to say, who's paying all this? Stuff? Like that, That's a whole other thing. Now, there's a, there's a significant NIL package because McCord's package was 700000 plus a vehicle, and then there would be some outside business interests that could probably get you to a mill. I mean, there's so, talk now. Deion Sanders and crew are going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's right now. Yeah, like, it's, out, it's out of control. Yeah. Like, dude, that's, don't, don't but, start getting involved. But don't with kid yourself. Saudi money entering college football probably should not surprise anybody. No, there's plenty yeah. of it to go around. Like, I would rather Nebraska get involved with like the Colombian cartels. I just think that'd be a little more. Does, interesting. does somebody need to remind? It's more interesting in general. What right? happens <laughs> with with countries that are led by dictators? If your sports team doesn't win, all right. Yeah. To so you're team. saying week two in Lincoln is going to be pretty big for CU? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just saying I I would not get in bed with uh, with Saudi money. The, the, the Saudi sports washing, they want it, They understand that if they did off anybody that they were paying money to, that it would look really bad. The whole thing is they're trying to make themselves look better through sports. They're not going to off anybody. They, they want you to think, oh, look at them. They like sports. They're good people, too. Well, um, yes, we're, we're trying to, to, <laughs> to, to buy our way into uh, not seeming so awful and monstrous. Now, the cartel hey. idea is interesting because I think we have a good in with Claus. If anybody can get us in with the cartel, it's Claus. Right? Well, the, hey, the, this whole discussion, thank God Nebraska didn't go to a bowl game. I can know. Can you imagine all this? I mean, Nebraska preparing for a bowl game would get in the way of all this other stuff. Thank, yeah. Thankfully. Maybe yeah. wait till next year to go to a bowl game. We got bigger things to talk about. Think about the parallels, though. If you watch Narcos, right, like the Colombian cartels started to have to take a backseat to the, to the Mexican cartels, right? This is a chance for them to come back just like Nebraska, getting off the mat. I just think, you know, why not? A little money flowing in from Medellin. All right, guys, we got a bowl game in 30 minutes to watch. I mean, love it. Good work. <laughs> Who plays today? I don't even know. Uh, uh, Rich Rodriguez coaching Jacksonville State. Oh, so we're going to get a, uh, we're gonna get a uh, Logan Smothers sighting? Did he get hurt? I don't know. Yeah, I saw him one game. I haven't paid much attention. Hmm. Okay. Jacksonville State, and who are they playing today? Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh Formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette. That'd be correct. Yeah. Okay. Mark, just to be uh, – because we all have to go. You don't have anything to do today, do you? Yeah, I do. Like like the three of us will sign off, and it'll just be you for like the rest of the day until Riola commits. Are you I'd talking watch. about because I like to extend the show all the time? Well, you guys talk every day. I don't get to. That's why. Okay, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You guys are like, okay, this is I'm done. I've talked for forty eight yeah. hours this this uh, 
this week. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm just getting warmed up. Let's go, guys. You know, so that's all right. That's yeah. all right. I'll, we I'll also get uh, we Jerry Mark Kill. Podcast. Jerry Kill is coaching today. I love mm. Jerry. Jerry Kill can coach football now. Yeah. You take him. Will, Mark will. Had a date with Icy High. That, no, that was a one-time deal. It was a one-time deal, Stephen. Um, Stephen this broke street. my heart. Oh, no. Ralphie is from Shadron. So they got him off a of farm in Shadron? Apparently. Roger wow. I guess Roger Roger Moore is telling us that. I, I should say a farm, my ranch in uh, Shadron. <clears throat> Shadron beautiful. Yes. Mm. Sharpie, right. have All a good right, weekend, yeah. brother. Hey, you know All what? Right. I, I don't know that we can top this past week, but uh, we'll try next week. All right. Oh, sure we can. Let's do it. Are we, good, are we having a show next week? Yeah, we will, huh? Yes. We were planning. Oh, we got to recap recruiting and you know yeah. everything else. We'll have a Saturday morning edition for sure. And we all think about a Christmas Day special. What do you think? And and we will drink cornhead no. lager. We'll wear ugly sweaters, and maybe we'll get Santa Claus to arrive. Let's actually do that. Let's get some cornhead lager and some ugly sweaters. That would be great. I had the ugly sweater party last Saturday. So mm. last Friday, last Friday. So I have the Mike Tyson sweater ready to go. I wear a sweater next. I got a great Denver Broncos Christmas sweater. It's fantastic. No Cosby sweaters, Cranek. Runs it. Run. <laughs> <laughs> That's your second Cosby reference this week. Chris is depraved. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, oh we could go another thirty minutes. Yeah. I, I do need some assurances, though, for next Saturday that drinking beer in this studio will not cause any problems with the higher-up Schmitty. So that's a, that's a you problem. You're going to have to get a koozie, bro. Koozie, no, red cup. no, it's not. I won't be in the studio. Well, if we have any problems, you won't have any producers. So it is kind of your problem. Nice. Sharpie, be good. Thank Appreciate you. Enjoy you, the rest of the weekend. And, of course, at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Yes. Horns, horns down. down. Love Let's it. Let's do it. See you, Sharpie. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you. Trade Act, be good. We'll do this again. How's that sound? I'm just going to keep this open. Just keep the stream open. We'll just keep going. I'm, just no, I'm telling you, what the world needs is a Mark Cranack podcast. No. Yeah. Does it really? I think do a Mark Cranack sponsors? podcast would go well. Do you have any sponsors? Medellin Cartel? No. Let's, let's move on. That does All not right. end well. Cranack, right. be good. Elijah, appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time on Hail Varsity Weekend Edition. Powered by Cornhead Lager. Godspeed, fellas.